You are now listening to the homily of Father Francis Rich, parish priest of St. Mary's Church in Hughes, UK. This service is provided by the Lexio Divinity, part of the Love Ebunde Ministry, who invites you all to share this reflection and their love for the Word of God. The Gospel is the good news of salvation for mankind. That salvation is only through Jesus Christ. As Peter said, Lord, to whom shall I go? You alone have the ways of eternal life. This is um, Father Francis Lynch from Chislehurst. Um, just greeting the um, LOV community who are hoping to read and pray and to live the gospel. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to be talking about the gospel for Sunday, which is from St. Luke 4, 1 to 13. And it's about um, the fasting of Jesus and the temptation in the desert. Um, but as it's the beginning of Lent, or almost the beginning of Lent, since we've already into it by three or four days, um, <clears throat> I'm going to say something about Lent. And nothing of what I'm going to say is probably going to be unusual or novel in any way. What should we be doing during Lent? And there are a number of, number of different opinions about what we should do and how we should go about it. And so you can add mine to the list, or you can take mine, or you can listen to someone else's. The traditional things that we do during Lent are fasting, <clears throat> prayer, and almsgiving. And maybe I should put prayer first. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Now, I'd like to say a little about each of those. Firstly, prayer. Each of us should be praying. Maybe we are. Maybe we've let it fall a little. I would ask you to ask yourselves, when did I last say my morning prayers? When did I last say my evening prayers? When did I last say my prayers before or after meals? If you're not saying these, maybe during Lent would be a good time to restart or even start for the first time ever in your life. <clears throat> we should get used to the idea of regular prayer. It's just the turning of the heart and the mind to God, a conversation with God at any time. But there are particular times when it's um, when it's particularly good to form a habit and these are times which occur every day so that's why we have morning prayers or at least that's one of the reasons why we have morning prayers that's one of the reasons we have evening prayers one of the reasons we have prayers before and after meals but maybe you should pray at another time as well and it's good to set aside a certain amount of time every day don't sort of think oh i'll do more but i'll do it once every other day or once a week it's much better to do less and do it every day and have a regular habit rather than to put it off because putting it off often means that it hardly ever gets done. So think about a time when it would be good for you to just turn off all ordinary things, turn off thoughts of ordinary things, turn off the distractions of the world and turn your mind to God. It might be before you start your work or start setting off work in the morning. It might be when you come back from work or school or wherever you are. It might be 
at some other time, maybe during the day, if you happen to have some spare time. But set aside a certain amount of time, five minutes, 10 minutes. If you're heroic, half an hour, somewhere in, the, in that range would be good. But try to do it every day. And if you don't think you could do it every day for the rest of your life, which would be good, in fact, you'll be normal um, for a Christian, do it at least during these days of Lent. That's prayer. But another thing that I would suggest on the prayer side is try to go to Mass once more each week than you actually have to. We're, <clears throat> we're obliged to go to Mass on Sunday, either Saturday evening or Sunday for the Sunday Mass, but it'll be really good if you can and if it's convenient to go to a weekday Mass as well. Typically a weekday Mass is much shorter than Sunday Mass. Generally there's no sermon, there's only one reading, um, there's no well, there's no Gloria during Lent, so it might take 20 minutes, it might take less than that, maybe a little more. But you might think during these seven weeks of Lent, you might be able to give up an extra 20 minutes a week, just for seven weeks. Um, it's worth trying, and um, that's one thing that I would suggest. Fasting. <clears throat> Fasting. Everyone thinks of fasting as meaning giving up food. And when our Lord fasted in the desert for 40 days, he had nothing to eat and nothing to drink. And at the end, as it says, he was hungry. Um, but fasting throughout the world does mean very different things. And it's worth considering that because um, we might find it more convenient to fast in one of the other traditional ways. I was in Ethiopia not that long ago and um, they have days of fasting, but fasting to them means in the morning or in the afternoon, you don't eat meat. It doesn't mean you give up everything, it just means that you have a vegetarian um, diet one or two days a week, or maybe even just one or two mornings or afternoons a week. That's what they mean by fasting, and they have more severe fasts than that, but not every fast is giving up all food. So typically, um, we used to, and um, still do, give up something that we're sort of mildly addicted to. For children, it's good to give up sweets. For adults, it used to be a good thing to give up tea or coffee, smoking or drinking, something you're mildly addicted to. It might be a, an idea to give up traveling by public transport, not maybe every day, but maybe one day a week. And with all these so-called fasts, and you can consider it as a sort of fast, you can make your own rules. You can give up, for instance, if you're a smoker, you could give up smoking for the, for the whole of Lent, but that may be impossible. So it might be an idea to give up smoking every morning during Lent, or for one day, every Monday during Lent, or every afternoon, and set yourself times, like from 12 until six o'clock, no smoking. And you might do this, exactly the same thing for something else that you're mildly addicted to. Give up tea or coffee, maybe not for the whole of Lent, but for certain times during it. You make up your own rules. I remember someone saying to me, um, or to someone else, actually it was my brother, I'll admit it. And um, he had given up uh, sweets, um, all sorts of sweets, biscuits, cakes, but he said he allowed himself scones during Lent. 
And people would say to him, isn't that cheating? You can't do that. But you make up your own rules. You know what you can give up. You know what you can't give up. And you know what you'll be forced into breaking your own fast if you make it too severe for yourself. So that's um, one thought of fasting. And then almsgiving. This is probably in our situation, our society, the most difficult to work out because um, it's quite difficult. In the, in the ancient world, indeed, until fairly modern times, it was easy to find someone who was worthy, deserving, and didn't have enough money, sometimes not even enough money to live, but not enough money just to have a few luxuries in life. And you could give them the money. You could just hand it to them on the street. You would see people around. It will be easy. Indeed, it was quite difficult at times to walk past people without giving them anything. Nowadays, it's more tricky because the people that you see in that condition, there's often a question at the back of your mind, should I be giving it to them? What will they do with it? Are they going to spend it in a good way? And it's not particularly easy to give to charities, apart from St Mary's Chislehurst, which is one of the most admirable charities going. But leaving aside um, charities in the UK, which on the whole, um, don't spend their money particularly wisely. My own feeling would be to give money to charities, Catholic charities overseas, uh, because the money goes, goes directly to poor places <clears throat> and the money, spent, the money spent gets a lot more done overseas than it does here. And finally, which is not one of the traditional ones, I'd say, why not pick up some spiritual reading during Lent. Um, either look at one of the spiritual writers that you haven't really considered before, pick up a spiritual book, maybe one of the classics. The great classics are The Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales, readily available. You can easily order it online. Or, and The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Kempis. It's been one of the spiritual classics for all ages since it was written in the late 15th century. Or you might pick up the Bible and slowly read um, one chapter or half a chapter a day of one of the books, a book of the Old Testament, maybe one of the descriptive books, book of the New Testament. So those are the things that I suggest today. Um, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, and taking part in some spiritual reading. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lexi Divinity hopes that this homily has helped you to deeply welcome the Word of God and gave you the strength to put out the word into practice where you are. You can send us your prayer impressions by emailing them to us using the following email addresses lov underscore day verbumdei at outlook.com Tuesday and Wednesday prayer groups gathering respectively at 7 p.m. and 6 p.m. UK time 
we will pray particularly for these prayer intentions. If this homily has enlightened or touched you in any way, please share it with your relatives, friends, community, and on your social media. Have a blessed week.